Hey guys, thanks for jumping on again and listening to Teach Me to Father, the podcast sponsored and designed by Father Seekers, fatherseekers.org. Helping fatherless fathers become great fathers. It can be done. Thanks for listening. Thanks for jumping on. Have a, an interesting topic today, but before we get into that, I want to remind you that you can contact us regularly and download information, get connected with us, see what's happening in our world at fatherseekers.org, fatherseekers.org. And if you need to make contact with me, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at fatherseekers.org. Fatherseekers.org. This is Teach Me to Father. You know, when you grow up fatherless, you don't have a reference point for for what being a good dad is all about. And and fatherlessness is a broad range. Probably need to do a podcast on that, uh, what actually fatherlessness is. However, you know if you're fatherless, you just may not may not have the ability to define what that actually is. But here's what's interesting. We can we can lean into what's happened to us and what's been said about us and become that, or we can change the ballgame and we can see a different pathway, a different route, and begin to do the hard work of, of getting the job done by becoming a good man, which we can do that. There's a way to do that become a good man, but in so doing, at the same time, become a good father. And you don't just arrive at being a good father. It's work. You have to put in the hard work. It is It is probably the best work you will ever do in your life and the most profitable work. But there's one thing that is, that is paramountly uh, for sure, and that is the return on your investment of hard work becoming a godly father, a good father, the work, the return is not only for this life, but also in eternity. And that hard work seeds into the next generation and on and on and on. So what we do today, who we are today and who we become tomorrow and who we grow into in the future has a direct effect a proportional effect on our our kids now and future generations that's a pretty big deal when you talk about when you talk about understanding the importance of being a father now again if you grew up without a father you you clearly have some work to do some investig- investigatory work to do but it's not it's not it's it's not far-fetched to be able to get in and dig and figure out what's going on. A matter of fact, the more guys I talk to that are bored and lackluster and just cruising through life frustrated and anxious are the guys who have not put in the time to do the hard work to become a good father by becoming a good man first. We were designed to take territory. Men were designed to take territory. They were designed to do battle, and they were designed to learn and to conquer not our wife and kids, but conquer ourselves, conquer our mind and heart, buffet our bodies as 
the great apostle said, buffet my body for the sake and the glory of God that I may become more like him. And you, you know, it is not hard. It is not hard to take a look and see what you need to do and where you need to go. That's not the hard. That's not the hard work. That's not the hard decision. What the difficult piece is, is getting in there doing doing the work and getting on task and then finding a group of men who will walk with you and who will do battle with you and who will celebrate with you. It's not all about it's not all about fighting and taking territory. It's about celebrating the right way with the right people at the right time for the right things. So today I want to talk to you about an interesting topic I ran across with a very dear friend of mine. We were talking about his son. And we were talking about how his son uh, was a challenge. So I want to talk to you today. The topic today is how do I respond? How do I respond? Well, our response time, our response time is important as a man in every part of our lives. Not over responding, not under responding, but there's a sweet spot, a pocket in how we respond and not not react. So to start, what I want to ask you this is, is what gets your attention quickest? What gets your attention that lights a fire and you, you react instead of respond? I have a personal rule of thumb. That rule of thumb is that I wait three to five seconds before I respond to a person's question or to what's been said. Now, I, I'm not always there, but I make it a point to practice that as best and as often as I can. And again, not perfect, but working on it, what that does is give me three to five seconds to process what was said and to check my fire at the door and walk into that level-headed. Because when we as men walk into every situation, every conversation, Every piece, every step of life, when we as men walk into that with a calm mind and heart and in peace, we respond different and we respond powerfully. One of the other things I do in that three to five seconds is at the end of that three to five seconds, I take a deep breath because there's power in that you are, you're cleansing your mind and your heart, but it also sends a message across the table that this guy's not rattled. We don't want to be rattled men walking around reacting to every little thing. My grandfather used to say all the time, he said, son, if you throw a rock at every dog that barks, you will never get where you're going. And and one of the things that we have to remember about that is that we can't react to every little thing that's said or every little thing that happens to us. But I want to drill down on, on what flips our triggers as men. And I want to drill down even more. On, on that, not just not just a broad scope sweep here, but I want to ask you this question with the overarching umbrella of how do you respond? And I want to ask another question that we can drill down on, and it, it's this. Why do kids push back? Why do kids push back? As I think back, the thing that 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 triggered my emotions more than anything, even more than my son's mother, even more than any circumstance situation. The thing that flipped my trigger the most was, was the way that my kids always tried to push. Kids have the power to push 
their fathers, not only in the really good ways, because fathers are sympathetic and kind, but in in ways that are not always pleasing. So my question is, why do kids push back? And let's just narrow it down. Here's the bottom line. Kids kids were born into a sinful world. That's that's why they do what they do. And they do what they do because of their mom and their dad, because their mom and dad passed on to them the good and the not so good and the generational practices that are just ingrained in DNA. But but here's here's the reason why kids push back. The, the, just the general understanding. The kids kids push back because they want their father's love, but they want their father's love on their own terms. Let me say that again. Our kids, we did the same thing. We want our father's love, but we want it on our own terms. We want our father's love on our own terms. Now, there's a lot of a lot of things happening in the culture, a lot of things happening that our kids engage in, uh, social media, programming on TV. Uh, I think that dates me. I think it shows now. Anyway, but there's there's this there's this this influential culture that that also impacts our kids. But there is a verse that I ran across the other day with my friend in conversation about his son. And here's the here's the pushback principle. I, I I ran across this just after this conversation with my buddy, and here's the pushback principle: is that Jesus said to his disciples, he said, "As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. You abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. These commandments I've spoken to you." that my joy, Jesus said, my joy would be in you and that your joy may be full. One of the greatest joys of being a dad is to see your kids thriving and flourishing and growing and becoming all that they were created to be. But that requires that our our attention, our investment, our engagement, our involvement, our participation in our plan to help raise our kids we don't have that, then we're in trouble and they will go about doing their own thing in their own time, which leads us back to being pushed the wrong way because we know we know what happens when, when we practice certain things in our lives because some of us are paying consequences for that even, even today in our lives. But here's, here's the thing I want to drill down on. Dads want their kids not only to respect and to revere because of the love and the kindness and generosity and mercy and grace that fathers give to their kids. But they also lead and guide and shepherd and steward them well. And discipline means I show them the right way to do and and explain and help them navigate the consequences of not doing that right thing. So when our kids don't do what we, we know that they should be doing and they push back, it's because... Of course, we live in a sin-cursed world, but, but kids like us, they, they, want, they want the Father's love, your love, without restriction on their own terms. And it's a huge, guys, it's a huge picture of, of who God is as a father. Jesus was the greatest, he was the greatest son, and he had all of the pro-son tips 
And, and one of those tips was that he knew remaining and abiding in his father's love was the secret place of protection that he, Jesus, could do anything his father asked him to do because Jesus lived in the love of his father. And that's the same thing that passes to us as men, but also that we expect out of our children. This is, guys, this is in our DNA. This is not some pie in the sky thing. It is not some principle that's, that floats around in 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 the in the atmosphere. It's a principle in our DNA that that we as fathers want our kids to love us and respect us and to do what we say. But the only way for them to do that is to abide in our love. And I'll talk about what our love looks like in just a minute. But our kids push us. And and how do we respond to them is a real key piece. Now, one of the things that is that is extremely important to buy into at this point in time in the podcast is is that our children are the most important work that we will ever do. They're not interruptions, disruptions. They are not problems. They are not, you just killed my future kid because you were born or you, you did something foolish and now the family has to pay. No. They're the most important work. And the earlier we start out of out of the birth canal is when you start this. Is you start being a good father right then, right now. C.S. Lewis said this about children. Children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. And in, in, in regard, prioritization is an incredibly important piece of of knowing and doing the right thing and and living out a great life as a father as as a godly father if we know that we have been given our children as as to be stewarded they are a gift of god but we're to lead and to steward and to god now here's what's here's what's interesting most 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 guys most moms i've seen i've seen parents do this it's catastrophic when it happens, but but to control our kids, sometimes we and l- let me throw this out: if you're a single dad or a single mom, mom, you were never designed to be a dad, just a mom, and dad, you were never designed to be a mom, you were designed just to be a dad. So there's always that piece that's that's working if you're a single parent. But one of the two of the extremes, the the opposite poles. On, on helping guide and lead our kids as the most important work is we tend to we tend to be helicopter parents like we were we're always hovering over our kids to make sure that they don't do anything wrong well as long as you're watching them you're probably <clears throat> you're probably in a, a good position to know that that they're going to do they're going to be okay but once you're not there they're going to explore and experiment so Helicopter parenting is not the wisest thing, nor nor is making your kids the most important thing in your life. That is that is that is chaos waiting to happen. Either one of those, the helicopter parent makes their kids want to run and explore and expand in the wrong areas. And and the kids being the most important thing in the parents' life, that makes the kids believe that the rest of the world is going to treat them like they should be on a pedestal and they should be the center point of the world. 
both are catastrophic. Both creates problems. Both of those extremes as a parent, making our kids the most important thing in our lives, making them the, the most the most important work and the most important thing that God has given us to steward, that there's a there's a fine-tuned, fine-lined balance with that. Now, here's here's the two things, the opposite of the extremes, the helicopter parent or or the 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 kids are the most important thing in our life. We live and breathe and die for our kids. Here here's the balance to that. We are we are guiding our kids with oversight and we are also shepherding them as a gift from God to steward well. Those ideas, those con those concepts help us understand that wait a minute, I have to and when when we begin to look at our kids the right way, dad when what causes you to what causes you to respond when we begin to look at them the, the right way we can defuse a lot of reaction and a lot of a lot of quick reaction and overreaction if we just just realize that they're here for us to love and to lead and to guide and to give oversight to but they're also gifts from God to steward and to shepherd shepherd shepherding our kids one of the one of the most interesting things i think that we need to remember about our kids is that that they don't understand by osmosis what we want them to know kids kids don't know what they don't know until we train them and help them learn that particular principle or guideline or expectation of of your home so they're really they're really just a blank page and one of the things that we have to remember is that maybe you were one of those guys that learned the hard way or maybe maybe you were one of those guys who had a mom that was just hovering over you all the time and you didn't really learn how to make decisions until you got out and in the real world and had to experience and learn the hard way one of the one of the things that we have to remember with our kids is that they have to be taught. They have to be helped along to to understand what is actually going on, what is actually happening, and what the why is for that. And the why is not because I said so. That's not the why. The why is you are a gift from God to me. He has assigned me stewardship over you. You are my most important work in life. I work to su- support and supply for you, but you are the most important. You are are my legacy, not the money I leave you. You are my legacy. So I will spend my time developing you. And what we're doing right now in this conversation, little man or little lady, this is developing you into a good man or a good woman. There are most important work so teaching our children, showing them the way, walking along with them, helping them understand the right pathway, explaining along the way. One of the things, one of the things that we tend to do as dads is we get super, super busy. And we forget what we're what we're tending in our field, our garden. We're forgetting a lot of times we get lost. Uh, we miss the forest for the trees. There's something beautiful about about slowing down and spending time 
with your little ones to help them learn and understand. There, there are some things that we teach our kids as young, young kids, toddlers, infants, uh, early grade years. Those are the most important years, I believe, where we teach them teach them certain things and behaviors, and we just capitalize on that training as we go. And, of course, there's always age-appropriate training for, for everywhere, in, in every age for our kids. But here's what's interesting. If we remember this powerful tool of responding in the right way, even when our kids push back, it is really a cry, and I want to beat this drum. It is a cry for your attention and your love and your time. That is what they want. Even in full-on rebellion, that is what they want, your time, attention, and your love. And and our pushback is, well, you're not doing what I've asked you to do because I know it's important for you to do that. If you don't do it, here's the consequence. Kids don't know until they don't know. Or, or they have to learn. They don't They don't know what they know. They don't know what they don't know. And when we are leaning into that and we're helping them understand, we we create more peace on our end for our own personal sake, our own mental and emotional and spiritual health than we could ever do. I will tell you this, the most important, the one of the most important core issues for a dad is to, is how he responds to his kids. How do you respond to your kids? What is what is your what is your quick action time? I hope it's slow. You can calculate and you can maneuver and and say and do the right things. You see, we're 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 actually guys, we're making disciples either by intention or by default. If we're if we're just around, then we're making the disciple of well, he's here. He's around, he's he's present but not available. He's not really engaged and involved. He's just here. Well, we make that disciple, but but if we are intentional about being invested in our kids' life, and I'll tell you now, the more invested in your kids' lives you are, the more mistakes you will make until you get to the place where you begin to recognize I've got to invest more in my own personal life to learn more about not only my kids, but about what makes them tick. I've got to learn what pushes pushes me forward and help me increase my capacity as a father so that I can be a great dad to them. Here's what's, here's what's a, another little interesting piece about, about kids and about helping them learn. And again, we're, we're talking about two things here. We're talking about how we respond, and we're talking about how important our kids are, that they're the most important work. They're gifts from God. They are given to us to steward. Well, now I can remember times that I didn't feel that my kids were a gift from God. I can remember that. And we we as dads, men, we go through those particular stages. I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. I'm not saying you're going to make it. But what I'm saying to you is the power of a positive response, a peaceful, calm, controlled response. And again, I'm not saying perfection because there are times it won't happen. But those times should be fewer and far between the older you get. There should be a rhythm to your response with your kids. 
and they will learn through tacit knowledge by experience. They'll learn what what pushes you forward in making decisions that they want you to make and also what sets you back having to take another pathway that they perhaps don't want to choose. That's tacit knowledge. They learn and know you by you, by their experience with you as they learn and know you by how you respond and how you live your life. Then they'll know what to expect from you. But if you're never there or your response is a reaction instead of a peaceful, calm response in love, spitting out some wisdom, then they're going to, they're going to become conditioned to an anxious, antagonistic, static relationship with you anytime there's exchange, conversational exchange or otherwise. So what I'm saying to you today is, is a super powerful principle if you, if you, can, if you can practice how do I respond? How do I respond to my kids? How do I respond to my wife? How do I respond? One of the one of the big one of the big deals about about how to work this into your life is what what is the what does the framework look like for me to begin to be grateful for the gift of God? but also to steward well the gift of God. What, what does that framework look like? What are the, what are the pathways to actually, actually becoming a pretty good dad? Like, like I, I got this thing going and I'm getting better at it. I want to tell you five words that have helped me and, and they're sequential. Now, you're their dad. You love them. You you are vested in them. You are investing in them. You uh, you have taken them on. They are they are your they are your kids. And maybe you're the stepdad who's taken on another man's child to raise. Kudos, my man. There is a special gift from God for you when you get to heaven. That is an amazing, amazing amazing thing that you're doing. Well, what does it look like for me to to respond well? Well, first of all, there's got to be some framework in how I look at myself and how I look at my kids. But let's talk about the approach with kids. Like like most of us want to just run in there and be the authoritarian voice and rule. Again, kids do not know what they don't know until they're taught and trained and exercise the new knowledge they have. So so there's a there's a patience factor there. But also we have to remember our position with them. And and there these are five different words that that there there should they should be stages, but they don't always work that way. They should be they should be Check one, check two, check three, but it doesn't always work that way. And sometimes you'll you'll get stuck in in one of these seasons with your kid, and it'll take a while to move forward. What I'm telling you is there's power, there's power in how you respond because I will tell you this, and this is the bloody nose punch for you and for me as dads. Here's here's the bloody nose punch. We were designed in God's creation to be the exact representation of God to our kids on this earth. In other words, God designed us as fathers and gave us authority as fathers 
to love and to lead and to guide and to steward and to show the way for our kids, especially our sons and most assuredly our daughters, to, to show them how God would respond to them and how much God loves them and how much God desires to be involved in their lives and that he is a good, good, good father not a bad father. One of the one of the key characteristics of a fatherless man who has never encountered God is because he has problems with authoritarian figures and he has problems with anybody called father. So I want that to sink in with you. I want you to realize the the the, the most important call that you have on your life is to be a father to your children because you are representing God himself and and by the way uh, in, in at least the English language, he has given you the name for your kids that he calls himself Father. Now, not that you are God to your kids at all, but you are you are representing and you are reflecting the life of God in you, however large that life of God is. In other words, if your relationship with God is daily, ongoing, growing, developing, broadening, deepening, then your kids will as well. They'll see that and they'll respond to that. If it's not, then they'll see that and they'll respond to that. Here are the five words. The first word, it can be a season, a stage. Don't get stuck on that. But here's 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 the here's the flow, the forward flow. First word is to teach. The first thing you do to your children with your children, love, they they will see and experience and know your love by by nature and design, but how you steward that gift of them loving you will determine will be determined by by this flow here. The first word is teach. How do I teach my what do I teach my kids? That's well, pretty common. How to eat, how to drink, how to walk, how to talk. And then with teaching, there's there's the next piece, the next step in any given situation, the next piece or step is now that I've taught them, I have to train them. I have to help them. Like you can, you can, you can teach a kid how to eat first with their fingers and then with a spoon. But how do you, how do you train them and help them use that spoon when they're walking, when they drive? When they go out on their first date, what are the things that you are teaching them, but now you have to train them in? The next the next level or the next piece is that now that you've taught a concept and you've trained them in that concept, you have to let them exercise that concept and you have to coach them along. You have to help them understand. Yeah, buddy, look, look, if you wear your pants that way, people... People are for sure going to laugh. So here's the way you wear your pants. I've showed you how to put your pants on. There's a reason I showed you put put your pants on that way. And then your shoes. Here's, here's again, this is what's got to happen. And guys, it's just that simple in every stage or phase of their lives. Now, they'll get a point in time where they will, they will trust you and what you say they will do. Again, a total reflection of our relationship with God. This is why it's so important. How do I respond to my kids when they push me? Kids push positively and negatively. How do I respond? The next word, first is teach, train, coach, then disciple. Disciple means I help my child, my son, my daughter become a disciplined one. Help them help them develop discipline. Discipline is doing the right thing at the right time, the right way. 
for the right reasons and purposes. It's 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 understanding what the best approach is in the moment, the wisest approach. It's because you're you you're doing that yourself, and they see you doing that, and now you're helping them understand. This is why we do it this way, because you've modeled it. Again, look at the look at the parallel with with what God wants us to do as men and what we want our kids to do. Do you see the parallel? Do you see why our joy is robbed sometimes because our kids won't won't abide in our love, our love that we have for them and want to teach and train them the best way and show them the best way, but sometimes they rebel and then there's where the work comes in. Do you see how there's a joy in in you and in them when they believe what you say and they respect what you say and they exhibit and and live and practice what you say. It's huge, man. How how do I respond? And then the last word, and this is where you really you really move into in your older years as your kids get older and you get older. You 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 move into the position, and really, these are five characteristics of a father in one cluster. But th- but the last one is you mentor them. Mentor means you you've taught them, you've trained them, you've coached them, you've discipled them by by showing them and helping them tune and hone their discipline. But now now mentoring means that they come to you and ask advice. You've trained and taught them well. There's a point in their life where they will get to and they will they will ask, they will need your help and they will need your advice. Mentor. Uh, some of you may know this or may not, but there's a, a song years ago called, it's by Cat Stevens called Cats in the Cradle. Uh, uh, it's a super sad song. And if you've never heard it, I would I would suggest you listen to it. Cats in the Cradle by Cat Stevens. In in short, the the dad, the singer, is is singing about a dad who who thought the most important thing in his life was provide for his kids and do and work hard and busted and take promotions and and always gone. And then his son, they pass each other. The son grows into a man, and the dad grows into an old man. And now the dad wants relationship with the son, and he said in the song, Dad, I'm busy. I've got kids. I've got school. I've got work. It's the same thing. It's the same predatory habit that the dad developed because he thought he was doing something good for his kids, but he was really doing the worst thing possible. And that's staying overly busy trying to prove something or trying to, to, to take his kids to a different level. Now, in financial support, in 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 blessing, in working hard, most men work hard. But there's a balance in that, and I think when we overwork, I think there's a little waiver or a little blurb or blurb or misstep in our faith because fathering is the most important job. I'm not saying don't work hard, work hard, but I'm also asking you to consider leaning into God in faith and asking him to bless you and to help you to not only be a wise father, but to be a wise worker. One of the things about teaching our kids discipline is that 
you know, we have to be a man of discipline as well. And I think part of that, if you grew up fatherless, there's a lot of learning on the on the curve that you had to do. And maybe you didn't learn some of those lessons well, or you just missed a couple of them. And what are the things that we teach our kids? What are the things that that are most important? Let me give you some categories. Some of the categories, not all, not in, not this is this is not every category you need to be aware of. But here here are some things our kids need to be taught by us, and they need to see it exemplified in our lives. Some of the morals, values, what's valuable, you determine that in an early age. What are the family traditions that you you may have brought forward or you didn't and you want to create your own? What are the family traditions you're teaching your kids now? And let me go back to morals. We live in an amoral society. And if we are not teaching our kids good morals, then I promise you the culture will teach them what they want them to know. And I promise you it is not good. What are the family traditions that you want your kids? What are the things you want your kids to value? What, what, and here's, here's the two, the two pieces that, that if we are not intentional about this, we'll, we'll miss a great opportunity to steward our kids well. What, what is our, what is the design that, that God intended for our children? What did he design them to be? Who did he design them to be? We have, we need to know. How do we know? We ask God to help us. And we, we, we can't predetermine this kind of stuff for our kids. We can't because you're a doctor. You want your kid to be a doctor. You know what? Good. I hope it works out. But maybe he's supposed to be a jet pilot, or maybe he's supposed to be a teacher in high school. Men will never be happy doing something that they're not designed and cut out to be by God's purpose, intention, and design. They will never be happy. The other thing that's attached to what is God's design for them? What did he purpose them for? What did he, what did he make them to do? What did he, what did he, what's his plan for them? It's, it's for you to help them understand the pathway to get to what God designed them to do and be so that they can build their own legacy. Did you know that you're kickstarting your son's and your daughter's legacy by teaching them the right things and responding to them in a good way. You're kickstarting their legacy. You're feeding them information. You're helping them understand and tune in well to what God has for them. you're, You're doing that. Your wife is doing that. You together are doing that. What is it that God has purposed for them to do and what in particular is it that you're to do to help them get to that place to build their legacy? Step by step, day by day, circumstance by circumstance, every opportunity, we're faithful and consistent to teach and to help them understand. It's just that simple. Our kids will present to us every opportunity to teach them and to help them along. And I will promise you, when they get old and they move out and they do their own thing, and then eventually they come back to you and ask, for that information or for that help or for that wisdom and that in that insight that you have about life, you will feel like a million bucks, my man, because I will tell you that when you see the fruit of your labor that you've invested in your children, I'm telling you, it is one of the most amazing 
amazing, amazing gifts that God ever gives you because you invested in them. One of the words I ran across the other day was the word father fluence, or it's it's fusing it's using a couple of big, huge words in in fatherhood. The word father and influencer. I want to give you five. I want to give you five father fluencer laws to wrap it. Five father fluencer laws. Number one, father fluencer law: we walk and abide in peace, calmness, wisdom and knowledge. We walk in, we abide in, we rest in, we are sure of ourselves, we are at peace, we're calm, we have wisdom and knowledge from God because we ask him. Father fluencer law number two, we shepherd from the position of prophet, priest, and king. Prophet, we speak life over our kids because God's told us what to speak. Priest, we pray to God and stand before God for our kids, and we teach our kids the right way to walk. And king, we provide, guide, and lead with authority and power that God has given us. Number three, father fluencer law. We love our wives more than we love ourselves and anything else on the earth. She is our most prized possession. You didn't see that coming up. Or you may have seen a dad that was an abuser. So you got some work to do in that area. Your wife is your queen. She is not your servant or your housekeeper. And I'll go ahead and pitch this out there. I might get in trouble for this later, but probably not. She is not your sex slave. She is your queen. And she is the mother of your children. How do you respond to her? That's a whole different podcast. Father fluencer law number four, we are steady holding the line. That means I'm consistent. You can set your clock. Your kids, your wife, they can set their clock by your consistency. They know how you're going to respond. They know what you're going to do. They know how disciplined you are. Steady. Hold the line. Father fluencer law number five, we enjoy every moment of every day. Hey, guys, this is Barry with Father Seekers, and this is... Teach me to father. I know you can do this. If I can do this, I know you can do this. Be strong and courageous, my man. Go get some.